Welcome to Soulfield Conversations with Farangi Saragatpur and Randy Rubin. Conversations are important, especially those that enter into the depth of who we are and the depth of our soul. They enter into spaces where before it was unable or covered over to enter to. We oftentimes walk our lives not being able to have these conversations solely because a safe space for them have never been provided before. Here, there is a safe space where we can enter into the depth of who we are, the depth of where we have traveled to, the depth of the journeys that we have taken, the emotions and the experience that we have traveled to, and what the gifts that have presented themselves as a result. In our humanity, whether we are in depths of Australia or whether we are all the way north in Canada, all of us as human beings, we share a spectrum of emotions and feelings, the spectrum of joy, enlightenment, fulfillment, gladness, connectedness, all the way to the spectrum of fear, blame, shame, disconnected, and we fall somewhere along those spectrums. Our consciousness, the walk of our life in these days, is to walk into the spectrum consciously, but with wisdom, with acknowledgement, acknowledgement of what has been, acknowledgement of all is, acknowledgement of all parts of ourselves without discontinuing anything or anyone. And here today, we have very special guest with us who we are going to enter into conversation with. Her name is Zara, and she will go into her life, her family life in a little bit. And this is a hard conversation to have for many people, but she is courageous and heroic to have opened it up to many people and from the beginning to a community that has been hard to discuss these kind of issues and challenges. Randy, would you like to say a few words? Of course. Um, Zara, first, I want to welcome you into our community, one that we present from the soul space, from a heart space, from a space of openness and um, a priority to know for each person that does come with us on this journey that you're our gift because in the share, um, we can all learn more about what we're and how we're supposed to show up in this journey. I put a place of grace on you and on your story, opening your life to us in such a beautiful, giving way to share, for us to grow, for our community to grow, bring more light and love into the world on your story. So I first just want to thank you uh, so much for, for your bravery. And, and welcome to Soul Filled Conversations. Thank you. Thank you for including me. Thank you, Zara. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barry and Randy. You want me to start from the beginning? Uh, yes, Zara. Tell us. So basically, Jason is my third child. I have Bianca and I have Natasha, two girls, and then I had Jason. Most beautiful baby with a smiling face from the day he was born. But in between the smiles, there was a lot of crying. He cried 24 hours a day from the day that he was born until he was probably six years old. So the reason why 
he was physically normal, thank God. And my sister, who was here from England, who's a midwife, he was about 11 months old. He wasn't crawling. He wasn't sitting properly. She said, Zara, you need to take him to a neurologist. So obviously I took him to a, a very highly recommended neurologist in the city. And I was pregnant with my fourth child at the time. And the first question he asked me is, are you planning on having any more children? I said, yes, I'm pregnant. He goes, you need to get yourself checked. Okay. So he checked Jason. He checked him with a balloon, a typical neurologist, check their knees, check everything. And he never said anything except go get yourself checked. So I went to my gynecologist and he checked me, says, oh, well, there's nothing to worry about. And I wasn't worried. Part of me was like, oh, wow, is there something I should be worried about? Whatever, I gave birth to my fourth child, Claudia, Baruch Hashem, beautiful. And then I had Raphael, beautiful. I never looked at Jason as different. And, his, and then eventually he did walk when he was about two and a half. I took him to another neurologist. My pediatrician was very upset at that. He said there's deformation with his ears and the sister has the same because Natasha, my second child, was with me, who is exactly 11, just under one year older than him. And they have the most perfect ears. And the doctor, my pediatrician, was very upset with that. Okay. I didn't really look into it too much because I trusted my pediatrician. And then I took him for another test, you know, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Then he went to a school. It was called North Shore Developmentally Disability, Dis Disability School in Long Island. I drove him there every morning, brought him back every lunchtime. It was like a few hour program for speech. He had occupational therapy, speech therapy, uh, physical therapy, everything. Now, I see things. He started walking. He started talking when he was about six or seven. It was very slurry, like or you, like a very typical delayed child. And since he was two, he went to a school all the way up until he was 1920. BOCES, you know, getting all the therapies. And then now he's in an adult program. It's called Kulanu. And he goes there every day, comes home, and he's with a lot of other children like him, but not like him. You see, the difference between Jason is that like I said before, thank God he's a beautiful, physically perfect child. But academically, mentally, he's like a three-year-old. He barely reads. He barely writes. He writes like he wants to write a happy birthday card. I put it on a paper. He copies. But if you recognize that, you would say, oh, did your grandchild just do that? You know, the happy's in one direction, the birthday's in another, and big letters, and the Jason's in between. No problem. I never looked at Jason, and I repeat this many, many times, it's different. But the challenges I went through wasn't easy. But I never, I always said, I'll take each hour of the day as it comes. I'll take each day of the week as it comes. And believe me, there were challenges 24 hours a day. Sorry. No, don't, Zara, don't sorry. be sorry. Zara, please don't be sorry. Just take, if you need to, please take a moment. Don't be sorry. I'm not feeling, I just, you know, when I talk about things, obviously you get a little emotional. Anyhow, he cried 24 hours a day. And I wish I was lying. I said to you before, there were smiles. Yes, in between the cry for that moment, there's the most beautiful, glossy, glowing smile. But his crying was to such a level that the saliva was down. His shirts were wet from sobbing. 
And when he was about five or six months old, he was in the hospital, he had asthma. And it was a very bad winter and he needed nebulize. I used to nebulize him, I used to carry my machine wherever I went. And he just had a very bad asthma attack. And the nurse, and I was in the hospital with him, and the nurse had said to me, is there anything I can do? Because he cried, he was on my shoulder and I would rock him and rock him and rock him. So when you say a mother doesn't get any sleep, I think for six to eight years, I got no sleep, but it was fine. I never looked at it as bad. I got up in the morning, I got on with my life, I had my other children. I never looked at him as like, why? I never used that word, why? I got on with it. I said, hopefully today will be a better day. But we used to travel with him. In those days, we used to go away every Pesach. Every Pesach we traveled. Those were the most challenging times. Why? Because I experienced going on a plane. Excuse me. Shut that kid up. You call yourself a mother. And like I said before, it wasn't Jason I had to deal with. It was the public. The public were nasty. I don't want to, I'm not generalizing, but I am generalizing, if that makes sense. It's like we were attacked. Zara, I think just just explain maybe, and I'm not sure if this holds a space for you. This was your experience. You live this on the daily. So I don't, I believe you're shedding light on what it felt like for you and your family and Jason to walk among the world. There is no apology for that. That is resonating me as complete truth. I just wanted to provide that space for you as you continue your story. Okay, thank you. But it's, it is the truth. And um, when he was about eight years old, I took him to a neurologist because I was told, you know, get a head scan. I, the neurologist in the city put a head scan, a 48-hour head scan. He did not, you know, all the testing we did, all the physical, mental the occupational therapy, the, the, the music therapy, the this therapy, we, the, the computer therapy, I can't even remember the name of it, we went. And you know, we went to doctors that were highly recommended. And doctors used to say to me, one of the questions, not all of them, but one or two doctors would say to me, so what do you think of his future? And I said, hopefully he'll just be healthy, happy. And the truth is, what do I think of all my children's future? that their life should be a success in what they can hold or what their, their happiness is. I said, obviously, he's not going to be a brain surgeon. And, you know, I don't think so. I said, but if his life and surroundings are happy and content in his world, that to me is an achievement. If he's happy, I'm happy. He's in camp now. He's been going to Seneca Lake and they have a special ed bunk. I can't remember how many years. And some people used to say to me in the beginning, you're sending your son to a sleepaway? I said, I'm sending him because this is where he wants to be. And in the beginning, I'm very neurotic about cleanliness. And in the beginning, I used to say, oh, they're going to brush his teeth. Is he going to be showered? Is he going to be this? But now I've learned to turn the other way because I said, you know, I have to accept the fact that he's happy. When he comes home, he'll have, you know, he gets showered. He showers himself. He's very good. But I... I used to sit on top of him to brush his teeth because I said, why should my son, Jason, be any different to any other child? Why should he look different in the sense of cleanliness? Why should he smell different? Why should he dress different? 
I said, he's equal to everyone else. He can't look after himself. This is my responsibility as a parent. And I have to make sure his needs are taken care of more than, not more than my other children, but as much as my other children. That was always very important to me, that his physical appearance was as good as it could be. Not because I not because I wanted him to be like, oh, because I didn't want him to be looked at as, well, he's a never. What do you want? He smells. He's a never. To me, it was important that he gets in the bath and he's washed and he has his deodorant and he has his aftershave and he's shaved and his nails are cut and his hair's cut. He can dress himself. Yes. Will he come out of the shower completely naked if he hears the doorbell? Yes. He'll come out and you go, who's there? Because... Just jumping the gun here, my son is extremely sociable. He loves people. He wants to see everyone. He wants to party. He wants to be with people, but he's also extremely inappropriate. So that's a downfall in the sense where he wants to be with the community. And believe me, he goes out and he wants to be with everyone. But as much as he could be good and wonderful and sociable, he could click like this and turn into very, very aggressive. He can be violent. He doesn't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to do this with him. It's impulsivity. It's impulsivity that it's very hard for him to control. You could say to me, why isn't your medication? Years and years ago, I tried the medication. I did not like it. I did not like it. I didn't like the effect it had. It took away his character, but that's a very personal thing. If someone wants to put their child on medicine, that's a personal thing. This was my choice. You know, we all have choices. This was my choice. But he's got so much wonderful characteristics. But again, he's a child with a disability that has a lot of, uh, I don't want to use the word negativity, but a lot of things that you have to constantly keep your eyes on him. You have to constantly, he needs looking after. Zara, without interrupting, would you say that, because I want to form your words just a little bit for our audience challenges as that's that i feel is what's coming through you know jason has amazing amazing traits his challenges at times for someone that doesn't understand like you zara you understand it and are just you're 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 rip you're destruct you're taking it piece by piece for us so we can walk into this with you stand by you he has challenges that someone that doesn't know Jason and other children like him and young adults like him wouldn't understand. And you're right. That's where the judgment gets thrown into your world. That's where instead of having compassion over the judgment, you've experienced a lot of other experiences that Jason may not recognize, but you as his mom and main caregiver recognizes very clearly. And the lack of that compassion is a lot to carry, even though you're doing it like in such a way, such a graceful forward, this is, this is our life and I embrace it kind of way and I honor you in that. It's the challenges of the day to day that at times you know, is hard to carry. I, I would feel that it would be hard to carry, not that you're complaining. I do hear that so clearly, and I honor you for that because you're you. walking in this daily. 
Well, it's like you said, challenges. It, this is my life. I don't expect anyone, and you know something else, Randy? I would never, I always say, as a Jewish woman, I wish every mother to have, I actually feel bad when I hear someone has a child with a disability. I don't look at it like, well, I have a child. Has for shalom. I never think that way because I feel bad because you know what I say? I hope that person can handle that challenge. And you know, they say Hashem gives you what you can handle. Yes and no, because it's very hard. There are people, that's why I say, why complain? There are people out there who have children with no support. The mothers may be alone. The father can't handle it. They're embarrassed. It's sad. Nobody can judge. And you know what I always say? When a, a person doesn't experience a situation, it's very, to me, you can't expect them to give you advice. He, he went through all the psychologists. When he used to go to school, BOCES, he used to pull down his pants and expose himself when he was a child and he still does it as an adult. And he's a man. So the psychologist said to me, it was the winter, so why don't you open the window? And I looked at her and I went, what? Open the window? Like it's cold, it's good. I said, he's not pulling down his pants because it's hot or cold. He's pulling it down as a form of, of aggression. It's a form, it was like, you know, and sometimes I learned, I know it sounds like a little bit, I don't know the word, but you can figure that out, whatever. Like it's pointless even asking because you just got to figure these things out yourself and your own experience is the best advice that you can give someone because you live it. You can't say to someone, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. 100%. Living it, you can say, you know what? I understand you because this is, I'm in the same boat as you. So we're both trying to make the, stop the boat from sinking. And that's, that's what it is, you know? Sarah, so I, so from what, what I'm hearing from you is that you had the challenges with him in terms of growing up and everything that you just explained, which, which is tremendous, both physically and emotionally. And of course, you had the outside challenges. Can you tell us a little bit? Can you shed light uh, a little bit on the outside challenges? What did you face? What were those like? And how did you move through them? Well, like I said before, you know, we used to travel a lot for Pesach every year. One particular Pesach, um, we went away and there were, it was a, a Jewish program, whatever. And there was, Jason had dropped a glass. And technically the bartender shouldn't have given the children a glass. He dropped it. So instead of someone coming up to me and saying, is your child okay? Did anyone get hurt? I must have been not, my head must have been turned the other way. It was in the, like a ballroom area. I got attacked by a mother and a father. Actually, they weren't parents. They were both lawyers. They came up to me and they basically, I can't even repeat what they said to me. I was shocked. I was shocked. So for the rest of the trip, I just wanted to protect my kids, which I would have done in any case, but I was afraid of them. But I actually pitied them because I said, if a person responds to a child who dropped a glass like this, then they're the ones with a disability, not my child. So that was, but just basically constantly saying, you're not a mother, put your child away, you call yourself a mother. I got attacked many times in this, you know, because he would cry, he would throw things. One time he were away and he pushed a child into a pool, which he did that. That was a phase he went through, pushing children in the pool nonstop. And it would happen to be 
a American couple and the guy looked like you wouldn't confront him because he was a big muscly guy. I immediately went up to him and said, I apologize. I apologize. I'm so, so which you would in any case, but certain people I have to apologize straight away and explain my son's situation. And they step back because if not, they're coming to attack you physically and verbally, which can be scary. So especially now that he's an adult, he's a tall, big boy. I have to go and apologize to keep the area safe because I don't need to get into a violent situation with my child. So just, you know what, just constant, but people, I have to say, Ferry, over the years, the last few years, people have become more aware because of the exposure, because there's constant autistic, autistic awareness, this awareness. So people have become aware. They have become aware that this may be a child with autism. This may be a child. Jason was never diagnosed with autism, and I don't believe he has, but they've put him on the autistic spectrum because that's what they do. His character, if you see Jason at a party, he will be on that dance floor and he will dance. He's just got such, he's dynamic. He's but then again, he's a baby. He's a baby who does inappropriate behaviors. And, but then again, you could see him as an adult. So he has, he doesn't have multiple personalities. He doesn't have anything like that. He just, you have to know him to understand him and you have to know him to love him. But there are people who don't love him. Why? Because he could walk into their room, their party or their event, and he may be an inconvenience. He may be that boy who comes up and goes, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Because he'll ask the same question a thousand times. He knows the answer. Uh, oh, your wife's beautiful. Your wife's hot. Your wife's beautiful. Your wife's hot. And people can't be bothered with that, which I understand. I don't expect the world to say, oh, here's Jason. We all love him. No, there are people who are genuinely love him. And there are people who don't tolerate it, which is fine. That's, that's fine. That's like the rest of the world. We don't like everybody that we meet. There's more awareness. Like I say, there's more awareness. So life has become a little easier. Mm -hmm. And also getting back to, there's a program called the Friendship Circle. Can I mention that, Ferry? Yes, of course. So the Friendship Circle is Chabad, which started off, I'm going to tell you this story, started off about 15 years ago, maybe. I don't remember exactly. And it started up with high school children, elementary, not elementary, uh, middle school children coming to children's homes to play with them because Jason never had friends. And I want to tell you, when this program started, this is emotional for me, Jason would go outside and wait with a basketball in his hand for those boys to show up. When they showed up for half an hour, an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it was, and these boys were genuine Sadiqim. They would come. Remember, young kids want to be with all the other kids. They want to hang out. They want to be cool. And we tried to get, they would come and play with them. He would stand in the street. He would stand in my driveway, waiting for them, waiting for them. I, and eventually, you know, Rabbi Kaczynski, who run the program, wanted me to go to the schools and explain. And it's, I used to express that you're not doing the child a favor. You're doing yourself a favor because you're building a character that's strong. And we always say, we never know what Hashem has in store for us. None of us. I, I'm a big believer in that. I always believe that if you're wealthier, so what? Hashem gave you the wealth. If you're healthier, which we all hope we're healthy, whatever Hashem gives you, 
It doesn't mean that you're better if your life seems better than the person who's on food stamps. It just means that you have to acknowledge that and help that other person. So when we went to the schools to tell these children and explain to them that you are giving yourself, you're doing yourself the greatest gift because one day when you want to be that doctor, you want to be that lawyer, you want to be that psychologist, you want to be that social worker, you could be a lawyer, you could be defending someone in court who has a disability. And you could say, you know what, when I was in school, I experienced this. I experienced the child who looked so perfect. I experienced the child who couldn't walk or talk. One time I was somewhere in the beginning, when before this program started, and it was a, a, a lady sitting next to me. And we were talking about, I said I was in a meeting, children with disabilities. So she says to me, there's no one in Grey Neck with a disability. So I said to her, I said, you know, because a person's not in a wheelchair, or God forbid blind, or doesn't look 100%, that doesn't mean they don't have a disability. There are all forms of disabilities. I was shocked that in 2021, okay, this was 15 years ago, but in our, our life, our modern society, that a woman would come out with such a comment. I was like, it's, we've educated, and, but you know what? The friendship circle has educated and a lot of kids would come and a lot of kids didn't want to come. And I used to stress to them, you would be the leader. You'd be the cool kids. You don't understand the gift we are giving you. But when they used to come, friends at home and play with my son, you cannot imagine it was us going out to, I don't know, on a vacation to a spa or whatever you like to do or getting our hair done, our nails done, going out for dinner, right? And it got better. And these kids were fantastic, fantastic. And then uh, the friendship circle is on a hold right now. And if you see these kids, 20, 30, on a regular Sunday, going out on a trip on their school bus, and you see the counsellors taking them into the pizza store, it's human nature that your heart would melt and say, what can I do to help these children? Innocent. Some of them, I mean, all of them, but some of them are just, I don't know. It's like... How could you turn your head and, and, and look the other way to these children? They're, they're, they're the pure of this world because they couldn't hurt anyone. Like Jason, as much as he has his behavior, which is, can be very severe, he doesn't talk bad. He says bad words, by the way, but that's besides the point. We won't get into that. <laughs> but they have no, they don't really have badness in them. You know, their life is about, are you my friend? What's the next meal? Where are we going? They don't go to a wedding and say, the flowers were ugly. I didn't like her dress. The music was too loud. How did you have, did you have fun? The best time, because they were included. They were included. And that to me is the biggest gift, inclusion. You know, and it's, listen, like I say, we're gonna have the challenges as a family, but if you have support from the community, my son Jason goes to Great Neck Synagogue. He's been going for years and years and years. And do you know that he's educated? He's educated so many people. Right, Ferry? Because at the, beginning, yes. the beginning, he would go and like, Jason, Jason, Jason. And then he made people realize, I, I exist. I'm here. And it's not just me. There's thousands of us. There's thousands of us. Come out. Show the world that we're here. Show the world. In the olden times, you used to take a child who didn't look normal, who didn't, he didn't act normal, put them, in a, put them in a closet. I watched a movie, a true story, it was during the war, it was a, a German movie about the doctors. 
And they did experiments on children with disabilities because they were like the animals. And it was a, it was, it was a true story. It's on Netflix. I can't remember the name. I'll find it out and I'll let you know. And the woman came in and her daughter was Down syndrome, beautiful little girl. And they said, we're going to do this experiment on it, but it's chances are she could die. The mother said, okay, look at her. And even though that was 1938, 1942, I said to myself, how sad, how, you know, the support out there, there's so much support out there today, more support than ever before. And the more you advertise, is if that's not the right word, the more you expose your children, the more they can have a better life. And they're entitled to a life as equal as us because we're no different. We're no different. Zara. Thank you, Zara. That, um, yes, thank you. Zara, I want to ask you if you were to speak to a mother right now and a mother who has a special needs child, what wisdom, I mean, you have said a lot right now, but if you were directly speaking to a mother right now, what wisdom would you impart on them? What would you tell them to take upon themselves or well, to carry with themselves? Well, it depends on what they were feeling, Ferry. Like, are they, they'd have to tell me how they feel. Like, I can tell you, I can tell you that there are a lot of people who would feel shame. There are a lot of people who would feel guilt. And that comes either... It comes for a variety of reasons. I don't want to go into the reasons right now. But I know that this is definitely on that spectrum. There are some who on that spectrum feel that way. And also burdened, tired, exhausted. Of course, of course, 100%. It's, 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 you know what? I, I, you feel for them. And, but shame and guilt that should not even be in their mind, not even in their mind. Like I said before, whatever Hashem is going to give us, he's going to give us. Look, look, coronavirus, an example. You know, this virus came along. Nobody knows anything in life. Nobody knows how long we're going to live. Nobody knows what children, shame and guilt, they should definitely not have. As far as tiredness, stress, that I can understand 100%. It also depends on the strength of a person's character. You know, maybe it's the upbringing I had also. I was brought up, you know, I'm the youngest of nine children. I don't know if this should be in the conversation. You tell me if it's not. Of course. It, it made me a stronger person. It made me a stronger person that, you know, my mother who, may she rest in peace a year ago, she passed and she was an amazing human being, amazing like no other. She used to say to me when she was in the car and Jason would be having, I used to drive and Jason would pull my hair and hit me as I was driving and I had to pull over. And even though he was in a seatbelt, I couldn't control it. And the kids were in the car and he would lash out and hit. And you could say, well, you should leave him behind. But I didn't. I brought him and I said, you know what, I hope. So I used to put him all the way in the rear part of the car, but it wouldn't, he would hit my kids. He became violent in the car. But for some reason, it never stopped me from taking him out. I don't know why. Maybe it was a sense of compassion or maybe it was a sense he's my child. How can I leave him behind? Let him go. Today he's going to be good. He's going to have a nice day. And yes, there were days that he would, would but then majority of the time he wasn't. But getting back 
to these other mothers who I know there's a lot of mothers out there. I've experienced this for many, many years. And I said, bring your child out. If you don't bring your child out, we can't have a community for them. We can't have a social life for them. We need we need them to be able what it's not fair. They weren't asked to be born this way. It's not fair that because they may look different, because they may act different, because they may physically have challenges and mental challenges, that they should be locked in a room. That's going to make them worse. Bring them out. Show the world. This is who I'm proud of. This is what Hashem gave me. This is my beautiful, beautiful neshama. This is my beautiful child with a pure neshama. Bring them out and they can have friends. Friends like them. Friends from high school. Friends from college will say, you are teaching me about what's in this world. You know, that's, I mean, you can only tell them, but it's very hard when a person feels trapped. They feel trapped, yes. Yes. you know, and it's very, very hard. But they can't say it's easier for you. And if they say those words, it's not easier. It's not easier. I'm handling my challenges best to my ability. And there's days that sometimes you just, you, you go crazy. Don't think that I'm like a person who wakes up in the morning and goes, yes, sweetheart, no. They're screaming, they're shouting. And I say, I can't take this anymore. I've had enough. That's it. And then people say, why don't you put him in a home? I said, you know what? As long as I'm living, I don't want to put my child in a home. I don't want to. And there's times, trust me, I want to throw him out of the house. Don't think that doesn't happen. It happens more often than not. Don't think it's all like we sit down to have tea every afternoon and we're sitting having dinner civilized. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's chairs flying. There's, 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 you know, you don't think I haven't wanted to call the police and say, I'm calling the police. That's it. That's it. Trust me. It's, it, it's happened more often than not. So I have my challenges and, in, 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 I'm not, God forbid, I'm not complaining, but trust me, it's, it's bad. It can be very, very, very bad. You know, Zara, that rawness of what you're bringing to this conversation is so incredibly beautiful it is so powerful on so many levels and another like light that you shone through to us and that i felt is how you and jason and your family members live in the moment i'm not sure if you connect to that the way that i am right now but you brought me there you don't control anything that happens like i don't like fairy doesn't but what you say to yourself when you wake up in the morning, this is going to be a good day. And I'm here for it. You show up, Zara, where I'm going to say as a collective group, at times we're not looking at the here and now. We're thinking of how it, what it looked like in the past. We're thinking about how scary the future is. We're thinking these thoughts that weigh us down, that do not give us the energy that you just exchanged here. There was not one moment of this time with you that I couldn't feel that I was in the present. What a gift, Zara. There is no, there's no question here that this journey has its challenges. There's no question that you at times want to say, get me out of this. I'm uh, Jason, you could stay here. I'm out you know, calling in the troops, whatever you're, you're, you need. But you know what, Zara? You're still standing in that moment. And I have to say, I honor you as a woman, as a mother, as an advocate for not only your Jason, 
for a community that has children like Jason, special, special children like Jason, and for the ones that don't. And in those cases, there are challenges. But could you imagine if we opened up like that, dropped the veil like you did so gracefully with us today, and spoke about all of them? Look how different it feels. Like you help clear the air over a situation, like you said, and very discussed, where children that are unique are easier put away, not even spoken of, right? shunned god forbid instead of us as a human race that has a soul and a heart and a mind and a conscience can't just give a little bit of compassion over that i i i want that to be as you do the message of this podcast none of us know what the other person carries just a little compassion can go a long way oh that's for sure i used to say when I used to speak to the young kids, I said, you're giving an hour of your day, an hour of your week, an hour. That's it. But when you go out, you're on the phone to your friends, you're socializing, but that one hour is, is the biggest gift you could possibly, possibly give. And don't, like I say this again, I never want another mother who has special need child to think that my life is easy. My life is easy. My life, as far as I'm concerned, is perfect. It's absolutely, people say to me, Jason's at camp now for seven weeks. You're having a break. I don't look at it like that. I don't look at it. I say, you know what? Is he okay? Is he having a good time? Then yes, of course. When he comes in and on the weekends, I know he's entertained and he's having a beautiful time, but that's important to me. I'm older now. It's not about me. It was never about me. We all know when you give birth to a child, in my opinion, it's not about you. It's about your children. You are the mother, you nurture them, you take care of them. It's your responsibility. And I, I just wanted to know, my three daughters, they're all married. I have three girls and two boys. Baruch Hashem, they're all married. Hashem. They're all married to wonderful boys. And when my oldest daughter was dating my son-in-law in the Iranian Persian, so I said to them, I said, um, after a while, we knew it was getting serious. I said, Bianca, you must make sure he tells his parents that you have a brother, you have Jason. Because I know for a lot of people, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want that family, you know? So she told him they were accepting. And I said, whoever you date and whoever you go out with, if they ever come along and see Jason and say, not for me, say, no problem. I wish you all the best. I won't judge you and I would never judge them. I'd say this is not for me because Jason is the foundation of this house. Jason rules this house. Everything is about my son, Jason, because he's the loud one. He's the aggressive one. He takes over. But this is how it is. And this is, we just, it's, I guess it's just what we're used to. It's, it's, it is what it is when if a, another mother, like, a, you know, I don't want to repeat myself, another mother with a child with a disability, I don't want them to think their life, their child is worse. It's worse to them because it's, it's harder for them. But the more they, again, they expose their child, the more that people see who you are and who your child is, the more their days will be peaceful. And you know what? You will get the people who will look you in the eye or turn their head the other way, like, oh, look at this or look at that. But you know what? Forget about those people. Those Pretend those people don't exist. You'll see the people who come with compassion. 
and kindness and it will happen it will happen i guess it's like going to the gym if you go often enough you'll get in shape this is what i want to say that there are nine point about 9.8 children just in america who, who've been uh, diagnosed with disability about 12 percent and so even if this reaches just a very 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 small percentage uh the message being be open bring your child out expose your child be at peace with where your life is at don't hide it just that takes off the pressure off of the parents who on a daily basis have to go through so much and zara my next question and last question is you are speaking to us and you're speaking to the public what would you like to see from us what would you like to see from as a as a point of change and as a point of awareness which we've had a lot of but what would make it more comfortable how can we uh, i mean we touched on compassion a little bit but how can we as as the rest of the public how can we have more awareness what what can not what can we do but what would you like to see what would you like to see from us are you talking about very our personal community or both both let's go to the personal community first well the personal community i always say it's better to be a giver than a receiver and i think that if people would just support the children and help them have more of a social life help them come out to a little disco party or the restaurant or make them feel they like belong make them feel like i'm equal to you equal it's like don't segregate and that's exactly what what happens it's like we're different you're segregating us you don't belong when you have a party invite them nothing will happen nothing will happen say you know what i'm sending an invitation for this 10 children or 20 or whatever you don't have to invite the whole community if you want to that's amazing include them make them feel like i'm equal to you equality equality go out of your way and say how can i help whether it's an hour of my week an hour of my month whether it's me paying for them if it's a financial issue paying for them to go to the pizza store and have a music playing or bring them to the city whatever is allowed today just showing that you care and you know what if we could teach our children which they're the most important is the children then if i've say normal i don't like to use not the okay the the children are in high school the children are in elementary school bring them to the school bring them to the school to have lunch bring them to the school and make an event in the school because it's the schools that have to be educated when the schools are educated they're the ones who are going to make a difference when they're older the children not the adults cuz the adults a lot of them are set in their ways but as parents and you know what it can avoid a lot of things it can avoid drugs it can avoid i don't even know what goes on in the world today but it can make them feel good about themselves that they are doing a chesed they're just being human they're being human if you see an elderly person or somebody crossing the street who needs help is a human being you would run to help them correct If you see somebody god forbid fall or somebody drop their packages you would help them correct if you have a pizza pie and somebody comes along and says i'm hungry you wouldn't give them a slice of your pie same thing 
Same thing. Say, I am going to include you. I want you as a mother. I want your child to come to my house. I want your child to come to my event. I want to show. And you know what? If somebody's financial, support them. Support them and say, I'm going to give a donation that they have a music room. They have a, a, a person who comes and does, a, a, what's it called? Aerobics, not aerobics, Zumba. Whatever, if everybody took a little bit, just a little bit, it becomes a huge amount. Wow. You know, I said to my granddaughter the other day, we went to, um, a couple of weeks ago, we went somewhere and she says, Grandma, can we go to Five Below? So we went to Five Below. I think I've been to Five, you know, the $5 and below. You know which store that is? Yes. So I said, I've never been there. I think I've been there once before. And she was looking. She was desperate to leave the store with something. Desperate. So I said to her, I said, Eva, I want to ask you a question. Do you really need anything in this store? Look at look at what you're trying to leave with. She goes, well, I said, I have an idea. Every time you want to spend a dollar in Dollar Tree, or every time you want to spend $4, $5, say to mommy or whoever, say, you know, mommy, I didn't buy anything today, but the money that I was going to spend, the $1, $2, put it in a box and save it. And one day you're going to say, when that box is filled, you're going to say, you know what? This is what I have. I want to be able to give it to someone who has absolutely nothing. I want to be able to give it for food, for clothes, for a new pair of shoes for the child. Everything in life makes a difference, whether it is for a child with a disability or whether it's a child who doesn't know that she has a new pair of shoes for Rosh Hashanah or whether it's a mother who can't put food on the table for her children. I says, and I promise you're going to feel so good about yourself. And I said, you know something else? Your friends are all going to copy you. You know why? You're going to be the coolest child in, in school because you know what you're going to say? This is what I collected. Instead of collecting junk, you're collecting your money and you're giving it to someone who's in desperate need of it. So it's the same scenario. It's the same um, thing that you just have to give a little bit of your time, a little bit, a little bit of your money, a little bit of something, and it will make a difference. And everyone will see, there's the bus with all those children. Hi, wave to them. You'll get excited like when I... Went on my walk and I used to see the friendship circle going to the pizza store ferry. I used to look at them and I was so happy. It wasn't about my son. When people think I'm talking, they think it's about my son. But maybe it's me as a person. I looked at all of them. I didn't look at Jason and go, there's my Jason. He's having a wonderful time. I looked at all the others and said, you know what? They're all together. They're going to Adventureland today. They're going out. And to me, my heart melted. It gave me, as you would say, nachas. But unfortunately, it's not enough. And unfortunately, it's not for every child. And that's what's sad, basically. Right. Thank you. Zara, you have um, given us so much to walk away with. You have uh, courageously and really heroically, uh, not at this moment, but just really through the way you have lived your life, you, your husband, your family, I see your children, uh, I see your daughters, your son, how um, they, they have embraced him all the way from the beginning. And that really goes to show uh, the kind of parenting that you have had, all inclusive. That's the way you have lived your life with uh, your children. And that's the message that you have for all of us, all inclusive. Um, of course, compassion is a part of it. Of course, giving is a part of it. Uh, but I believe this inclusivity, I think that's a, that's a big um, message to walk away with. 
and for each and single one of us to become more aware as we come across or as we come in touch with kids or adults that might be disabled to have that awareness that I, I can spend time with you. I am equal to you because you have a soul, I have a soul, and God made us this way at this time. There are so many gifts, Zara, that you have given us by this conversation. Uh, you have given us patience. Uh, you have given us being present. You have given us the strength of a mother to be tolerant um, and to take it from a child. Uh, who might be aggressive and yet so loving, so loving. You have given us the, the gift of embrace, the gift of uh, communication with others, and the gift of, to me, to me as I'm sitting and hearing from you and also seeing it, uh, not to put your child away, uh, not just in the home, but to bring him out to show him off, if you would, and to say, this is my son and I admire him and I want the rest of the world to admire him too. And you have given us that gift. I, I want to really thank you to have this difficult and yet so important conversation. Again, there are 9.8, 9 point something children across America who are diagnosed with learning disabilities in, in whatever spectrum that might be. And I hope that this podcast reaches some of those mothers, some of those parents who might be looking for support. And uh, you, you have been the greatest support, Zara. Thank you. That was a very nice uh, compliment. I don't think I miss what you said, but I appreciate that. That's not a compliment. That's who you, you know are. what I always say, Ferry, I always say, Vashem has blessed you with certain skills. You've got the greatest gift of all. You know what? That makes you, if you can handle certain situations, Hashem has blessed you. Don't look at the things that he's given you, which you think are not blessings. Any Anything that you can challenge in life is, is a gift, is a gift, you know? And thank God for everything that we have. And and these kids out there are beautiful, they're special, they're harmless, they're, you know what, we could, like you said, we can't turn a blind eye. It's, it's cruel. It's the olden times. It's the times when, even if you go back to Chas Shalom Hitler times where people weren't perfect, we don't want you. Not true. How do you, how, how do you perceive, how do you, how do you see perfection? You know, how do you see perfection? I remember this Bar Mitzvah made a speech about perfection. You know, I can't remember word for word, but it was always about how somebody looks perfect, but the inside, who knows what it's really like, right? Correct. hundred percent. hundred percent. I um, also want to ask our audience if they have any comments, anything that they want to share with us, they can always share at Soulfield Conversations at gmail.com. And uh, please share with us your thoughts, whatever that might come up for you as our dialogue continues. This is not the end of a dialogue, but only the beginning of a dialogue uh, concerning this and many other conversations that we are going to be having. Randy? Again, just a lot of gratitude for this day, of course, for this beautiful morning together with you, Zara and Ferry. 
and, a, and an understanding that we're here to open the dialogue with permission of your story, Zara and Jason's story and your family's story. We want to build awareness on what, it, what this means. This is, as you said, you never, from the moment Jason entered your world, you never walk this path in shame. You walked it as a warrior. You walked it as a mom. You walked it as another human being that was given a gift. And that is another takeaway. We are here all equalized, okay? Jason, you, me, Ferry, we're all no different. Anyone that's listening to this podcast, we are the same. And the message that Zara, you brought forward is to remember that we are the same. We are better together. We can do more things together. That's another takeaway here. Maybe whoever hears this podcast can come up with more innovative ways or has existing programs that can be brought into um, Jason's life and other children's life. And the support system that, Zara, you acknowledge and respect with Friendship Circle. Any, any effort that we could put through on the human experience with kindness, once again, that's what I my takeaway from your gracious time with us. Please present the kindness, even when you don't understand what it looks like. And Jason's unique story of having an external look, let's say, is gorgeous to to standard, whatever standard that might be. The fact that we're matching his innocence with that is, is a lesson here. We don't know and I, and I speak of his innocence as who Jason is when you know who he is, right? Externally, there's a whole different look. Internally, there's a pure, pure space. Couldn't we all, no matter what we look like on the external, give compassion to the internal and let us all just like figure that out together without judgment, without shunning, without making a mom, like yourself and other mothers, feel less than because you have a situation that you chose to stand in and not run from. So I I look forward to continuing these conversations with mothers like you and warriors like you to bring this awareness to this cause, um, as well as others that we touch upon. So thank you so much, Zara, for your time. Very nice. Thank you for including me. Thank you. This has been Soul-Filled Conversations with Farangis Saragatpur, Randy Rubin, and Zara. Hope to see you soon.